it's time for the IHSA Safety Podcast. Welcome to the IHSA Safety Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Rayner. On this episode of the podcast, we're discussing management systems, in particular, those intended to help mitigate and control occupational health and safety risks in the workplace. And today, we're going to focus on two of the occupational health and safety management systems that have been recognized by the Chief Prevention Officer of Ontario's Ministry of Labour, Immigration, Training and Skills Development. And those two are CORE 2020 and ISO 45001-2018. So let's be very clear. Both systems can help employers create, maintain, and improve workplace health and safety. However, it is important to understand which system may be better suited to help you and your company identify hazards, recognize and identify suitable controls, and continually evaluate and improve the effectiveness of your system. So to help us better understand the similarities and the differences of both systems, very pleased to welcome to the IHSA Safety Podcast, two certified occupational health and safety management system auditors for both CORE 2020 and ISO 45001. We have Cameron Mitchell and Carson Powell from Odd Edge International. Welcome, Carson. Thank you, Ken. We we appreciate the opportunity and looking forward to discussing this uh, interesting topic with you. Thank you. Great. And great to have you here as well, Cam. Right on. Yeah, thanks. Looking forward to it. Great. So Odd Engine International is a Canadian company who specializes in consultation and audit services for occupational health and safety management systems. So let's start with a why question, and we're going to ask two of the experts here. So why would an organization consider implementing an occupational health and safety management system? And what value can a fully functioning system provide to the workers that the system is intended to protect? So Cam, why don't we start with you here? Well, I kind of think about the iceberg concept here, what's above water and what's below So, you know, first of all, the obvious one that you'd like to think a a strong health and safety management system would would bring to the table is less injuries in the workplace. And as a result of that, you're going to see lowered WSIB rates. In in terms of what's below the water, you're going to see higher worker morale, increased organizational culture and job satisfaction, uh, lower worker turnover, increased company reputation, and in many cases, increased productivity uh, due to having those employees who might have been off on injury. Wow, that's pretty significant. Carson, do you have anything to add there? No, I think Cam nailed it. Um, really, you know, you got to focus on on the organization and, and being compliant with legislation, uh, having a functional health and safety management system, um, you know, aids both the, the employee and the employer. Um, so too often people think, oh, they're just doing this to, you know, for the benefit of the company, but you know what's good for the goose is good for the gander. So uh, it's important to have a functional uh, health and safety management system. Right on, and I love the iceberg analogy because you know that's the uh, I guess you know yes the obvious piece is the compliance with legislation and that's great, but then there's a whole host of benefits when you do comply with legislation as to what you get from that, and certainly I think a big part of that is the workers and the appreciation that they uh, demonstrate in terms of appreciating that management has taken this effort and they're implementing a system that's intended to keep everyone safe and keep everyone healthy. Right. Um, okay. So as I mentioned. earlier, 
earlier, as we were doing the introduction, there are two uh, occupational health and safety standards that we're going to talk about today that are recognized by the ministry in their Supporting Ontario Safe Employers Program. And those two are CORE 2020 and ISO 45001 2018. Um, you know, IHSA is the regulatory body for CORE in Ontario, as you both know. Um, but we also provide equivalency to those companies that have become certified to ISO 45001 2018, have certified their entire scope of operations and have um, those operations in Ontario. So we, IHSA, sees the two as equal as long as everybody is doing everything they need to do to uh, comply with the ISO standard and making sure it's an accredited um, it's an accredited certificate. So um, we recognize both. Both systems can significantly assist an employer address and control hazards in a safe and healthy manner, but there's differences between the two, right? It's kind of like if you're going to buy a computer, you can either buy, let's say, a MacBook or you could buy an HP laptop. And both of them, you'll be able to do email and browse the internet and, you know, do basic functions. But, you know, they've got um, a MacBook, you know, typically lends itself to more creativity and designing and things of that nature. And you've got more business systems maybe on an HP. So they start to differ a little bit depending on the needs of the user. Right. And we 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 sort of see ISO and core in that same way. So let's start with ISO 45001 2018 first, Carson. Um, what are some of the reasons that an employer might elect to implement ISO 45001 2018 instead of core 2020? Um, you know, so there's a there's a few advantages to ISO 45001 2018. Um, one, you know, would be that it's an internationally recognized standard. Uh, core is is really regional to the provinces within Canada. Uh, most every province has a core core program, um, but when you get outside of Canada into the U.S. and other other parts of the world, core holds no value. And uh, you know, with with ISO forty five thousand one twenty eighteen, you can go into the international community, and uh, you know it can be recognized as a functional occupational health and safety management system. So that'd be one. Uh, one thing is is the flexibility. So the ISO 45001-2018 standard, it, you know, it's, it's quite broad, very ambiguous. Um, obviously, you know, there's, there's requirements within that standard, but how you uh, kind of achieve uh, conformity to that standard is up to you as an organization. Um, so I like, you know, I often say they give you enough rope to hang yourself, right? They're not, they're not prescribing what to do, how to do it. They're just saying, you know, this is the standard. You show us how you're going to, how are you going to meet the standard? So, um, so that would be, you know, another way, um, you know, it's not industry specific, you know, it's, it's transferable from any industry, whereas core is, you know, it's kind of prescribed to to the construction industry or infrastructure uh, that would be one thing that, that may be a benefit uh, it's conducive to companies of all size you know from smaller organizations up to multinational organizations reason being is again it's it's a standard and and how are you going to meet that standard as your organization you also get to determine the scope of your ISO 45001 2018 management system. 
Um, so you pick which which portions of your of your organizations that you want to include. Um, that can be you know a benefit, uh, especially for those large organizations that you know dabble into multi multi industries. That can that can be effective. Uh, you also determine the boundaries. That kind of leads into that as well. Um, how far or how broad your management system wants to wants to be. Uh, you also can determine your audit program. So that would be how you want to audit your own uh, internal occupational health and safety management system. If you want to focus on a certain section or um, area or region within your organization, it offers that that uh, latitude and that flexibility. Uh, and then, you know, one thing that often people do like is, is there's no actual score. There's no percentage. Uh, it's based on non-conformities, major, minor, and observations. So that's one thing that, that uh, organizations do appreciate is, you know, we're not focusing on the score, we're focused on conformity. So uh, I think those are a few of the options that people may may find desirable in ISO 45001 2018. Yeah. Uh, so let's go back and just maybe unpack a couple of them if we could. So um, I think what I think I heard you say was, so there's flexibility and, and with, with flexibility, sometimes that also comes um, a need for um, ability to make decisions and determine what's right for your organization, right? So with the flexibility and freedom comes then a need to be able to determine for yourself in some cases what's required, right? So um, would, would that be fair to say that if, if an organization with your, in, you know, in your expert opinion, Carson, uh, with all the audits you've done, an organization that's going to elect uh, ISO 45001, would they need to have more resources on staff that have a very definitive, um, clear understanding of management systems and how to read standards and how to apply them, being that this is a standard that is applicable in Korea, Colombia, the United States, Iceland, Canada. It is applicable all over the world, right? So is that one of the things that, that if someone was looking to implement this and taking your advice, you know, the resources they have on staff would be a, would be some sort of bearing in terms of whether or not this is the right one for them. hundred percent. Yeah. You, you nailed it again. So, uh, you need to have top management that, you know, health and safety is, is paramount. And you also have to have somebody or a group of people within the organization or, you know, a, a solid consultant that understands the requirements of ISO 45001 2018. Um, you know, if you don't have a high level understanding of occupational health and safety and you don't have a, a you know, expert level grasp of the standard, trying to, you know, abide or, or be conforming to a standard that you don't understand, it can be like looking at something in a different language. And, you know, I've done audits where the organizations you know, they don't have a handle on it and they really struggle uh, because exactly what you said, uh, it takes additional resources. It really takes a, a, a high level understanding, both from an occupational health and safety standpoint uh, to a management system standpoint. And then finally, to understanding the actual standard itself and how you can you can apply it. And, and could we add maybe one more uh, to the list of, of um, 
some of the lists that you've added, which is if a company already has ISO 9000 for a quality management system and ISO 45, uh, ISO sorry 14000 for the environmental system, that would make more sense to implement ISO 45001, right? Because they've already got the foundation of those ISO standards in place and then putting core in probably wouldn't fit as nicely as ISO 45000. Would that be another factor that if somebody, again, had those two standards, probably looking at ISO 45000 over core? Uh, yes, for sure. Um, you know, they they really kind of feed into each other, the framework and the, and the foundation of of those standards, 9000 and 14001 are very similar to ISO 45001 2018. Uh, it also op allows the opportunity to have what's called an integrated system where you get all three. Um, so it, it kind of plays right into that. And, you know, there are options within the provinces, including Ontario, that, you know, if you achieve ISO 45001 2018, there is that reciprocity uh, available if it, you know, meets the requirements in terms of a uh, a full management system audit. So, yeah. Right. Right. Good. Okay. So, uh, some some really good uh, information. So, if you're looking internationally, if you're a large organization, if you're an, or just an organization with lots of understanding of occupational health and safety, as well as stand management standards, um, if you've already got uh, ISO 9000 or 14000 in play, you know those might be some reasons that you would move towards ISO 45001 and make use of that flexibility, right? So thank you very much, Carson. Cam, let's move over to you. Um, all right. So We've talked about ISO 45001. How about, how about core? What are some reasons an Ontario employer in particular would elect to implement core 2020 over ISO 45001? Yeah, so I think uh, the first thing I would talk about is that it's focused locally. Uh, you, you know, you talk about an Ontario employer. The idea here is a lot of the aspects of core 2020 are focused on a, a prescriptive aspect that you know covers legislative requirements uh, it's industry specific and it's um, you know heavily structured to assist from assist firms in a formal process so you know if you if you don't have that subject matter expertise those resources on board the process is really going to help hold your hand ensure that you're meeting the key requirements uh, of that local legislative requirement the next part I think about is core is definitely better recognized across Canada. Carson definitely touched on a point where if you're an international firm, core is not really even uh, known outside of Canada. But in terms of within Canada, you know, especially uh, across the Western provinces and now very much so in Ontario, it is it is the known standard for sure. The other part I really like is the prescriptive nature. So it. it if you don't have heavy resources, you know, perhaps if you're a smaller firm, if you are newer to a health and safety management system, CORE is going to be much more realistic to help you get to that process uh, outcome, which is, you know, certification. Okay. Um, and, and just maybe comment on something, if we can, that maybe Carson said um, in, in regards to, so ISO 45001 um, has been designed as a standard that's applicable across all of the industries that we serve, right? We know that that core started in construction. Uh, with core 2020 today, do you see it being more applicable to other industries rather than just construction? Yeah, definitely. And, and in fact, we've audited other industries. Uh, I think one of the things that the 2020 tool has done is become a little bit more agnostic in nature so that, you know, if you're a manufacturing firm, um, if you're uh, 
you know, a utilities firm, somebody who's not specifically in construction, it's still applicable to you for sure. Okay, Carson, we're gonna we're gonna come back to you here. Now we've talked uh, about we've used the word accreditation a couple times or a credit. Um, how does an accredited ISO audit differ from one that is unaccredited, Carson? Particularly through the eyes of an auditor. Okay, sounds good. So I mean, there's two different aspects with the unaccredited. Basically, anyone can do it. Um, there's no parameters. There's no overarching governing body that's going to verify that that the processes were followed. Um, basically, as mentioned, anyone can do it. So I could do an unaccredited audit if I track down a, a an IHSA uh, audit tool. I could do an ISO unaccredited audit if I track down the ISO uh, 45,001 2018 standard. Uh, really, it's just uh, somebody comes in, does a, an assessment or evaluation of your management system, and then provides you with a report with no no backing or no verification in the back end. So with an accredited audit, um, that is delivered by, by somebody who is governed by, by an overarching accreditation body. So with ISO, you have certifying body, and then if they are a certifying body, that means that they've gone through the accreditation body from what's called a, an AB or an accreditation body. Now, there's only a few accreditation bodies in North America. Um, so there's the Safety Council of Canada, uh, that's one. And uh, one of the big ones that, that is utilized in North America is ANAB. So those, you know, anyone who's accredited has to go through an accreditation process. So that would mean the CB uh, gets audited, their auditors get audited. Uh, they've been deemed competent by both the, the certifying body and the accreditation body. So there's lots of checks and balances. And if I were to, to give an analogy, it would be almost exactly as, the same as a a company going through core would be the accreditation or the certifying body has to get accredited in order to to do those accredited audits. So there's many checks and balances. Um, you know, it's very important, especially, you know, in in the provinces in Canada that you verify that the auditor and the uh, certifying body are accredited. And you can do that by going to the accreditation bodies such as ANAB and verifying that that organization that, that is conducting the audit is in fact accredited or certified to do that, that audit, you know, and, and particular to the management system. You can be accredited to ISO 45, sorry, ISO 9001, uh, but you're not able to do ISO 45001. So each, each um, management system that you go through uh, you have to get accredited, so it's a it's a lengthy process, as I'm sure IHSA, as being an accredited body uh, or certified body, you know the the challenges that that go into being that. Right. So thanks thanks very much for that. So it it certainly sounds. Um... You know, the, the whole purpose of standards, whether we're talking about a national standard in Canada or an international standard like ISO, is consistency, right? And, and if I'm not mistaken, the way that the ISO world set up 
the means for consistency is through in a governance model where they have accreditation bodies, such as the Standards Council of Canada, who we recently had on for a podcast um, to talk about this. Um, and then so you've got the accreditation bodies and then underneath them, you have the certification bodies and then underneath the certification bodies, you have the companies that are seeking uh, certification. So it's a check and balance each step along the way. And if you take out one of those building blocks, then the consistency potentially has the has uh, the chance of just of, of uh, crumbling, right? Um, so that that's a big piece. So, you know, in terms of wanting to ensure consistency, wanting to ensure that your standard is recognized in the same as everyone else's standard, you want to make sure it's accredited. Is that fair? Yeah, no, absolutely. And the auditors are accredited too. The nice thing about, um, you know, core auditors in the province of Ontario is They've been, you know, vetted. They've gone through all the checks and balances and verifications by the IHSA. Um, you know, you're looking specifically at the Ontario regs, whereas an ISO auditor, 45001, you know, one of the components is to understand legal requirements. But because you're a generalist, for lack of a better term, you know where to find the legislation, but you may not be apt at at uh, applying it. So uh, again, that going back to it, that's probably another benefit uh, with the core 2020 through the IHSA in Ontario. Okay. So, it, uh, so for core 2020 and for those ISO 45001 accredited audits, then we have a, a, a very good feeling that all of those auditors that are coming in are certified and accredited and recognized in those industries that they're auditing right? They've been recognized as having the expertise needed to go in and understand the hazards and understand what controls need to be put in place. And so when they deem that to be a certified system, that should be sufficient, right? Absolutely. Yep. Okay. All right. Um, Cam, back over to you. So let's, let's talk, maybe give some guidance to those firms out there that are just in the beginning stages of implementing an occupational health and safety management system. What are some guidance and tips that you could provide to an employer that's just starting out? And whether they're looking at ISO or core, but just starting to implement a system, what are some things that they could do that would uh, uh, quicken the process and allow them to build some momentum? Well, I, you know, first of all, I look at, you know, what is the, uh, the impetus for implementation of a management system? You know, is the employer doing it altruistically? Then, you know, some of those things we can take our time with. If it's because potentially they're looking to uh, be able to get onto a bid list or, or be able to maintain a client's work activities, my first thing would be Rome wasn't built in a day. Recognize it takes time to implement a strong management system. I think a lot of companies get a little flustered worrying if it's going to impact the bottom line and hope that they can get this going in two or three months and it's just not the case. Uh, you need to take time. You need to recognize that um, it will take a while for this to go and I think, um, you know, just be mindful. It's going to take time to implement a strong system. The next thing I think about is using the resources that are available. Um, there's stuff like training materials out there. There's, there's various documents that are available. There's the IHSA website. There's third-party training that you can take, such as an OHS diploma or certificate, degree. Uh, there's the CSSE. 
there's a CCOHS. There's, there's a number of different resources that are out there that can help you build a strong management system. Uh, the next thing I would think of is don't reinvent the wheel. Uh, there's a strong guideline that exists within Ontario to support your progress uh, achieving either ISO or core, you know, ensuring that uh, you follow those guidelines to the letter is going to result in a strong management system. And I've seen it time and time again, the companies that follow it closest generally uh, end up with the best success. Um, the next thing I would think about is, is asking for help, whether it's the IHSA, whether it's an independent consultant, industry peers, Somebody else has gotten through it successfully. Somebody's got the answer. Don't struggle in vain. Take, take uh, you know, sometimes it's good to take your uh, licking and just call somebody up and phone a friend. Um, the other thing I think about is, is dedication and commitment. Don't take your foot off the gas. We need relentless adoption from the top down. Management has to be committed. Management has to care. And if you take your foot off the gas for any second, it's just not going to work. Right on. Thank you very much. Those are great. Um, if I can go back on two of them. So, so one, Cam, I love the fact that, you know, you, you just put that out there to say, hey, let's don't get upset if this isn't done in six months or a year because it's really not intended to be. Right. It's you're, if you're if you're building something in six months, you're probably rushing it. And there's I would think there's going to be some things that go wrong or shortcut shortcuts you're going to take that you shouldn't. Right. And when you take a look at, at a program such as uh, WSIB's Health and Safety Excellence Program, they don't allow companies just in for a year. Like if I'm not mistaken, I think they let them in for six or seven years to go ahead and build that occupational health and safety management system over time, right? So it can be done in stages and it's not, as you said, Rome being built in one day. So love that. That's uh, that's a great one. And and I, I, the second one, which, you know, years ago, we pulled a bunch of um, newly certified, uh, core certified companies. And the number one thing they said when we asked them, what would they do differently? they said they'd ask for help more. So I really appreciate you saying that as well, because uh, that completely you know rings true with what we've heard as well is that, hey, there's a lot of help out there. Um, pick up the phone, call IHSA, send an email in to core at IHSA.ca, ask your question, right? Um, we want to see the companies. We're not gonna do it for you, but we'll certainly point you in the direction of the information you need and, and guide you, to, what you uh, to, to that answer. So fantastic. Thanks very much. Those are great, great suggestions, Cam. Uh, Carson, how about we finish up with you? Sure. I just had another point if you wanted to. Okay. Yeah, sure. Sorry. Go ahead. You know, really ensure that you collaborate with your workers. You know, so often, you know, we put it on the on the safety people and or the, the management. And, you know, one of the requirements in ISO specifically is, collaboration and participation of non-managerial workers as you know and and core has that requirement as well and i can't stress it enough how much more buy-in you're going to get if you involve the people right the people within the organization from all aspects so uh don't don't you know hold things in share it collaborate and i think uh, that's going to set you up for success. And, and don't you find too, Carson, there's an appreciation from the workers when you ask them for their suggestions because they're the ones doing the work. And so if you're going to look to alter the process or change it, getting some buy-in for them so that when we they see an altered process, they can actually see themselves in those suggestions to say, hey, I contributed to that. And so now I'm going to follow it because I was part of the process of improvement. 
hundred percent. And that's one of the fastest way to, to lose the workers and the employees is you ask for input and you don't acknowledge their input or you don't, don't apply the input. You can't obviously take every, every, you know, piece of information or feedback from everyone, but know that whatever they do provide, it is valued and it is acknowledged and it is, you know, reviewed. So I think uh, that's really important too. Terrific. Thank you. Great ad. Thank you. I'm glad you, I'm glad you added that to, uh, to the question. So um, well, let's jump back to that last one because it's going to be a little, this one here I was going to ask is a little bit different looking uh, the first one, you know, we just talked about new companies. Um, now let's talk about companies that are maybe certified to core for, or ISO 45,001 for several years. Now, you know, core just uh, core being around longer than ISO 45,001. Let's stick with core in this one, but what guidance and tips would you provide uh, for a company to that's had, let's say they're on their third or fourth cycle of core um, that would help them continue and improve and evolve their system. Yeah. Um, Cam and I sat and talked about this before we went on air here and uh, we both have little different analogies. Mine would be, you know, it's you put all that effort, you push the boulder up the hill, you get to the top of the hill, you put your hands up and then it goes back down. So uh, stay diligent. Uh, Cam said, keep your foot on the gas. It's, it's so important. Um, us as auditors, we've seen it many, many times as you put all the resources, time, effort into getting certified. And then you, you know, you just kind of put it by the wayside, you know, I'll get to it next year. Uh, we're certified for three years. We don't have to worry about it. And that's, you know, that's evident that you aren't doing, doing the, or following the management system or implementing it for the correct reasons. Um, so I think just stay with it. It, in my mind, uh, as a safety professional, this is, it's the most difficult part is to maintain an occupational health and safety management system and to internally uh, keep that integrity that you're, that you're going to follow your own system, regardless of who's watching. Right on. Great analogy. Cam, so, so you've got a different analogy, Cam, which one's yours? I call it, I call it core blinders. Um, you know, a lot of companies when they're going for core, you know, they've got those those blinders on. They're they're really trying their best to do everything they can to push that uh, certification across the line. And as soon as they get there, I think a lot of things happen. But in many cases, the resources go away. Hey, we did it. We achieved core. Maybe they drop their consultant. Uh, I've seen cases where they drop their safety person altogether. They don't allocate as much budget the next year. There is uh, a number of things that can occur. And when that happens, you know, core is not like riding a bike. If you drop it for any minute, it's really difficult to get back on and get back at it. So, you know, just to build on Carson's point is don't drop the resource, don't, don't let up. In fact, in many cases, I'd say, you know, find new ways to grow and evolve to keep the interest high. I love it. So you put in all that work and, and I guess the, what I'm hearing from both of you is sometimes the misnomer out there is certification is the end game when really certification is just the start of the journey. Right. That's where now you can say, okay, now we're in the game. We've become certified. Now let's continue to improve the system. Right. As opposed to we got certified. Now we can take our foot off the gas and don't have to worry about anything anymore. So the old, right? the old adage, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Definitely don't follow that. You know, you always want to try and <laughs> try and evolve. All right. And, so just keep fixing, yeah. keep fixing, keep fixing, keep yeah. fixing, keep fixing. Absolutely. Keep evolving. Right. Just, just keep going. Yeah. There's cause things change. Right right? Continue improvement. 
yeah, legislation change, personnel changes, equipment changes, technology changes, everything changes, right? So it's important that uh, your management system evolves as excellent, well. Excellent, excellent. Carson Powell, Cam Mitchell from Odd Engine International, thank you so much. We really appreciate the perspective of both of you. You know, I don't think there's very many auditors in Canada that are certified to be able to audit, audit to both ISO 45001 for accredited audits as well as Core 2020. So we really appreciate you, the both of you, taking the time and sharing your insights and your knowledge with uh, IHSA and its listeners. So thank you very much, Carson and Cam. Thanks, Ken. It was a pleasure. Yeah, thanks very much, Ken. And thank you to the listeners for listening to the IHSA Safety Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and like us on your podcast channel and visit us at ihsa.ca for a wealth of health and safety resources and information. The IHSA Safety Podcast. For more episodes, tips, and all things safety, go to ihsasafetypodcast.ca. Thanks for listening. Each year, about 5,000 IHSA supervisor logbooks are ordered for supervisors across Ontario. Why is the logbook so popular? Because it was developed by the industry for the industry. That's what makes it unique. IHSA thanks the members of the Labor Management Network and Advisory Councils who contributed their knowledge, experience, and time to the preparation of this supervisor logbook. Contact IHSA at 1-800-263-5024. That's 1-800-263-5024. Or visit ihsa.ca. That's ihsa.ca.